Section 4 of Mark Twain's Autobiography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Grant and the Chinese, dictated in 1885. Early in 1884, or late in 1883, if my memory serves me, I called on General Grant with Yung Wing, late Chinese minister at Washington, to introduce Wing and let him lay before General Grant a proposition. Li Hong Chang, one of the greatest and most progressive men in China since the death of Prince Kung, had been trying to persuade the imperial government to build a system of military railroads in China, and had so far succeeded in his persuasions that a majority of the government were willing to consider the matter, provided that money could be obtained for that purpose outside of China, this money to be raised upon the customs of the country and by bonding the railway, or in some such manner. Yung Wing believed that if General Grant would take charge of the matter here and create the syndicate, the money would be easily forthcoming. He also knew that General Grant was better and more favorably known in China than any other foreigner in the world, and was aware that if his name were associated with the enterprise, the syndicate, it would inspire the Chinese government and people and give them the greatest possible sense of security. We found the general cooped up in his room with a severe rheumatism, resulting from a fall on the ice which he had got some months before. He would not undertake a syndicate, because times were so hard here that people would be loath to invest money so far away. Of course, Yung Wing's proposal included a liberal compensation for a general grant for his trouble, but that was a thing that the general would not listen to for a moment. He said that easier times would come by and by, and that the money could then be raised, no doubt, and that he would enter into it cheerfully and with zeal, and carry it through to the very best of his ability, but he must do it without compensation. In no case would he consent to take any money for it. Here again he manifested the very strongest interest in China, an interest which I had seen him evince on previous occasions. He said he had urged the system of railways on Li Hongchang when he was in China, and he now felt so sure that such a system would be a great salvation for the country, and also the beginning of the country's liberation from the Tartar rule and thraldom, that he would be quite willing at a favorable time to do everything he could toward carrying out that project, without other compensation than the pleasure he would derive from being useful to China. This reminds me of one other circumstance. About 1879 or 1880, the Chinese pupils in Hartford and other New England towns had been ordered home by the Chinese government. 
there were two parties in the Chinese government, one headed by Li Hongchang, the progressive party, which was striving to introduce Western arts and education into China. The other was opposed to all progressive measures. Li Hongchang and the progressive party kept the upper hand for some time and during this period the government had sent one hundred or more of the country's choicest youth over here to be educated but now the other party had got the upper hand and had ordered these young people home at this time an old chinaman named chong non-progressionist was the chief china minister at washington and yung wing was his assistant the order disbanding the schools was a great blow to yung wing who had spent many years in working for their establishment this order came upon him with the suddenness of a thunderclap he did not know which way to turn first he got a petition signed by the presidents of various american colleges setting forth the great progress that the chinese pupils had made and offering arguments to show why the pupils should be allowed to remain to finish their education this paper was to be conveyed to the chinese government through the minister at peking but yung wing felt the need of a more powerful voice in the matter and general grant occurred to him he thought that if he could get general grant's great name added to that petition that alone would outweigh the signatures of a thousand college professors so the reverend mr twichell and i went down to new york to see the general i introduced mr twichell who had come with a careful speech for the occasion in which he intended to load the general with information concerning the chinese pupils and the chinese question generally but he never got the chance to deliver it the general took the word out of his mouth and talked straight ahead and easily revealed to twichell the fact that the general was master of the whole matter and needed no information from anybody and also the fact that he was brimful of interest in the matter now as always the general was not only ready to do what we asked of him but a hundred times more he said yes he would sign that paper if desired but he would do better than that he would write a personal letter to li hung chang and do it immediately so twichell and i went downstairs into the lobby of the fifth avenue hotel a crowd of waiting and anxious visitors sitting in the anteroom and in the course of half an hour he sent for us again and put into our hands his letter to li hung chang to be sent directly and without the intervention of the american minister or any one else it was a clear compact and admirably written statement of the case of the chinese pupils with some equally clear arguments to show that the breaking up of the schools would be a mistake we shipped the letter and prepared to wait a couple of months to see what the result would be but we had not to wait so long the moment the general's letter reached china 
a telegram came back from the chinese government which was almost a copy in detail of general grant's letter and the cablegram ended with the peremptory command to old minister wong to continue the chinese schools it was a marvelous exhibition of the influence of a private citizen of one country over the councils of an empire situated on the other side of the globe such an influence could have been wielded by no other person in the world outside of that empire in fact the policy of the imperial government had been reversed from room forty five fifth avenue hotel new york by a private citizen of the united states end of section four grant and the chinese dictated in eighteen eighty five